What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients long-term financial success. Welcome to the Win Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. Hello and welcome to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. Corey, what's going on? Hey, new day, new week, new month. What do we want to say? Time goes fast. Yeah, it does. And it's but it's good time spending with you, man. I mean, this is this is <laughs> I'm having a good time. We're, we've got a lot to talk about today. You got a lot to share with us. What are we talking about? Uh, yeah, you know, I've got two titles. So the, the first one will be the official one. We'll call it Social Security and the Easy Way Out. And, okay. <laughs> and the Easy Way Out. And then the easy way out, what, what I'm going to dovetail or the second part of that, that answer or title would be, let's call it six ways that people justify taking Social Security early. Uh. So as you can tell, some of this is a little tongue in cheek, but I'm probably going to offend some people that maybe have already taken Social Security and then they feel like I'm throwing them under the bus. But that is not exactly the case. But, you know, we're going to try and have some fun with this because... The topic of Social Security, while it applies to many, maybe isn't the, the sexiest or most exciting thing. So anybody out there listening, give us a couple minutes here to try and spruce this up. Yeah, well, I mean, to each their own, right? I mean, that, that's kind of the saying. Everybody has their own music that they dance to. Uh, but with Social Security specifically, just through my conversations with you, it's you got to know what music's being played to begin with. Right. I mean, you you got to know when the song can start, when it's going to end, um, you know, if possible. And, and it it changes how you dance. Right. It changes. It changes how you move to the music. So uh, I'm excited to get into it because, yeah, I mean, it, taking it early, if that's for you and that's part of an overall plan, you've said it before. Great. But if not, right. you're really kind of screwing yourself out of some things here. Yep. And, and as you said that that music playing, I, I suddenly had a flashback. This this is what I do. If you're a yes. first time listener, this is what I do. Off on a tangent. Here we go. And we've joked about TikTok. I am still not on TikTok. Oh, come on. But one of my daughters, you know, showed me a funny little video the other day. I, I didn't even plan to go into this today, but I'm throwing it at you anyway. So it basically was titled something to the effect of the greatest musical chairs competition ever or something mm -hmm. like that. So there's uh, two people. Looked like it was in the middle of a, a gymnasium on a basketball floor. So it must have been a halftime show and they're playing music and going mm -hmm. around one chair. And and the the lady or the girl is directly in front of the chair so she can sit down. Looks like the obvious winner. And the guy standing behind the chair just grabs the chair, slides it over two feet to the right. She falls on the floor and he sits down. Game over. <laughs> Game over. It was <laughs> so I mean sometimes those that. headlines sometimes the headlines don't live up to to what you think they're gonna be, but that was legit. I, I actually laughed out loud and thought, well, this TikTok stuff's pretty pretty good. But yeah, I still yeah, didn't that, subscribe. Yeah, I think that was on a basketball court. I've seen that one. Um <laughs> piggybacking off of that one, I just saw one this weekend where it was a guy and a a girl again. She tried to pull the same thing, but she celebrated too much. So so imagine <clears throat> she pulls the chair and he kind of basically almost tumbles down because he's about to sit in the chair and she jumps up 
I mean, she's got full airborne to sit on this chair and all the legs just splayed out on the chair and she was on the ground. It was fantastic. <laughs> There's going overboard a little bit, but no, yeah. But you're right. Before I got off on that tangent, to your point, we always talk about this in these shows, you know, people should have their own plan and their plan isn't the same as the next person or the previous person, you know? So there is no black and white textbook answer to when do I take social security? You know, everybody's situation is different, but today we're just going to dig into some things that are common themes that I've seen or heard, which maybe don't always produce the best outcome. Yeah. All right. Let's dive in. And so where we want to start with this is Corey gets on his soapbox, but I mean, if you think about it, Social Security applies to, you know, a lot of people in this country at some point. Yeah. And yet, I had, if I had to hazard a guess, I would say this is something that never gets taught or, or dug into very deeply in, in school. Oh, you know, not at all. You know, I know that high schoolers or middle schoolers, maybe they have some, some background to finance or, you know, a little bit or a high school plays an investing game. You know, that really isn't teaching the kids the right thing or young adults the right thing. I mean, they almost treat a stock market game like it's speculating, gambling, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, if you think about it, what do people need to know? They need to know that they need to save, maybe not spend all their money. They need to understand credit cards and how they work or can work against you. And, and, understanding social security, granted it's 50 years away for a kid that's in high school, but I mean, pretty darn important, you know, if you think about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so now I'm going to throw a whole nother category of people under the bus too. So we'll keep track of this. I've got the educators already. Right. And then the administrators of the school. And so now we'll go to, (laughs) you know, I see these advertisements all the time for seminars or free lunches, free steak dinners for people to go learn about social security. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that these are just salespeople of sorts. Absolutely. Trying to play an emotional uh, game of fishing, essentially, for people that, you know, know that Social Security is coming or, you know, who knows what. But, man, if you have to go to a seminar to learn about Social Security, maybe you're too late. You know, I hate to say, but, okay, maybe I got to get back on topic. <laughs> I don't know. Here's the thing is if I, when I get to the age where I'm offered those seminars, I'm going for the steak. Every time. Right. Yeah, just going to say that out loud. I, I've already learned this stuff from you. So I, I know I know what I kind of need to do in the conversation I need to have in the future. But if they're offering me a steak to sit there for an hour and a half and listen to some guy, heck yeah, I'm going for the steak if I'm bored. Is that wrong? But if I'm wrong, listener, please write in. Let me know I'm wrong. If I'm right, go ahead. Yeah, right. You know, so if we go back to the origins of this stuff. So we got Franklin Delano Roosevelt says, you know, hey, we should have this program maybe to to provide some income or social insurance, they called it back in the day. And so, I mean, this this concept really started in 1935. And I mean, if you think about it, that's not that long ago in the big scheme of, of history. Yeah. And And as I was digging into some of this topic before today, you know, I looked and it's amazing how many times the rules have been amended. People maybe gloss over this, but I mean, from 1935 to just like the year 2000, there was dozens and dozens of amendments to to the rules, to the mm-hmm. calculations, to all these things. So it's the bottom line is this thing is just so damn complicated. It, it falls right into the typical trap of government. Now, I'm not trying yeah. to pick sides in government, but what I am going to say is a lot of times government programs that don't work the most efficiently are the ones that keep getting more money thrown at them to try and get efficient instead of studies or topics or programs that really work and do good things for Americans, 
you know, those are the ones that, oh, they're working well, so we don't have to throw more money at it, I think is kind of the common theme. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm getting well, off on a rant today. I'm fine. Well, no, but here, here's the thing is that you just beautifully gave the educators and administrators the the get out of jail free card that they're looking for, because I know that anybody's listening goes, look, I don't have time to teach all that stuff. And here's the thing is that you just said it. The government changes the goalposts all the time. They, they, they change what happens with it. They change the ages. They change the rules here and there. They can't keep up with it. That's not their job, right? I mean, so helping to educate our, our kids, helping to educate, you know, even college kids on this stuff would be great, but they need to get their information from someone like you because you're keeping up with it. Right. And, and hey, I'll call myself out right here. Maybe I'm not, maybe I probably am guilty of not asking that 30 year old person sitting in front of me or that 40 year old or 50 year old, hey, have you ever thought about this or do you understand mm -hmm. your options? You know, maybe, maybe it's on me. So there you go. The, the first step to solving the problem is admitting the problem or something of that effect. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, you, if, if you didn't learn, well, even if you learned it in high school, you know, you need a refresher. So people like me in this industry should do a better job of getting in front of this much, much earlier than age 61 and a half, let's mm -hmm, say. Mm -hmm. Because just off the top of my head, I can think about this, you know, let's talk about all the complications of this stuff. I mean, we're not going to go super deep, but when do I file, you know? Um, how do I even file? What are survivorship benefits if my spouse passes away before me? I mean, what if I take it at 62 versus a later age? I mean, what's my normal retirement age? Heck, they just changed that not that long ago too. And then are things taxable? You know, what if I got divorced? What if I left my spouse? You know, on and on and on. There's so many variables that that's exactly why there's not a textbook answer where I say, hey, Eric, you should draw at 64 in seven months. You know, I mean, yeah, everybody's situation is different. You're the one that told me there's over 500 ways to file. Yikes. Yeah. That's a lot. Well, yeah. And it, I was surprised by that number when you told me the first time. I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? But then you look at how many opportunities somebody has to file and all the different things that go into it, all the different options. That's why we're here. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, you know, I've never really wanted to be a politician, but, you know, maybe I should stand up and raise my hand and go around the country and say, you know, I got an idea. Let's solidify Social Security and let's make it really, really easy. So you, you you make it black and white, you draw it at a certain age and here's what you get. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Call me crazy, but that's a whole another day or another campaign stop. All right. So for, for today, <laughs> we're talking about, you know, why people take it early, right? The six ways that people justify taking Social Security early. And it, it sounds like, and I've been guilty, right, uh, of procrastinating, and I've been guilty of making too quick of a decision because I'm impatient. Human nature, right? Right. Oh, exactly. And I, I think the study is something like close to a third of people draw it at the earliest possible time. So like age 62. And, mm -hmm. and that's fine. The trade-off, though, you get a, a reduced dollar amount, you know, and I don't know if I think people probably understand that, but but they don't care, maybe, would be the answer because to that. Because they're getting so, money today, right? I mean, they're getting money yeah. right then, and that's what they're focused on. And, and and I bet out of that one-third, I bet a lot of them need it. But I right. bet a lot of them don't need it yet, right? There's other options. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I'm going to just throw this little cheater moment out ahead of time. And, and what I do is when – and I get this question a lot. When do I draw? And – and I will tell people, if, if you, I shouldn't say love, but if you really feel comfortable with that number at age 62, and you're never going to look back and beat yourself up like shoulda, woulda, coulda, then it's okay. You know, take it or 
like you said, if you need it, you know, if this is desperation time and you need it to, to get by, definitely those are reasons that are okay. But you're right. If you're in the large, I'll say large majority of people that probably had other solutions or ways to get around this and they just, they take the easy way out, just like my, the title of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's justify some of these things or justifications. Okay. So the, the first one I think, and this is a common one, is that people will say to me, well, Social Security is going to run out of money. You know, I read all these headlines, so why wouldn't I just start getting mine, you know? And yeah. Yes, there's, a, again, a lot of complicated things going on in here. A lot of borrowing between government buckets, so to speak, you know, that I don't know if this stuff's necessarily doomed where there won't be a nickel left, you know, and a lot of these projections are, hey, 15 years from now, maybe, you know, they might have to cut back the benefits that people think they're going to get in order to sustain the, the project. Bottom line, though, as, as people work and they pay into the system, those dollars are being used to essentially pay out Social Security claims today. So, I mean, it, it's an old saying, too, and, it, and I, I don't remember who coined it. It might have been Winston Churchill, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Basically, it says that politicians, when they've tried everything else, will do the right thing at the last minute or, you know, something like mm -hmm. that. And so... If Social Security is about to become the bus driving off the edge of the cliff, they're going to adjust it. They're going to solve it. That, that'd be my, my takeaway. I, I just can't see how they wouldn't. What, what politician is going to say, you know what? I really don't want to be reelected and I don't want to make a ton of money, you know, for, for my position. Uh, so I'm just going to let Social Security fail because seniors, as far as I know, they're probably still the driving force behind the vote at this point. And it's not going to change in 10 years. You know, people that are concerned about it, if all of a sudden the politicians say, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to save, we're going to cut your benefits. Uh, you're not going to get as much money. Yeah. You're not staying in office very long if that's your attitude, right? You right. better be like, no, we're totally going to fix this. Right. And, yeah. and I wish they would step up and just maybe it'd be a little painful for employers, for employees, but you know, Taking the medicine today maybe is yeah. better than taking bigger treatments later, I guess, you know, exactly. something you can say. But I don't know. I've got ideas, suggestions on all that, but nobody wants to hear it today. <laughs> yeah, and if you do, call in. Call, call yeah. Corey. He'll tell you. Just, I'll give you my cell phone. Call me on a Saturday. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the second one, let, let's throw at this. And this is kind of a, uh, a timely topic now because it's inflation. People say, oh, inflation, you know, Gas costs more, heating mm -hmm. oil, mm -hmm. propane, you know, whatever, you know. It, this is an easy one to say. I'm going to take it just because, boy, it costs a lot more to live. And, and I get that. But the, but the flip side of me says, you know, man, sometimes people got to be accountable that they should have had some money saved up for when heating bills are more expensive this winter than last and things like that. But, yeah, you know. I'm not, I'm not advocating for any, any certain service, but uh... – there's a social media platform out there with a marketplace. That's all I'll say. It has a marketplace. You can sell some stuff. If you can, if you can, <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, yeah. most people, seniors, you got a collection of something, right? And, and if, if you don't need it, it, you can repurpose it to somebody else. And you can, if you can extend that time by a year before yep. you have to take it, that, that improves how much you get, right? Am I, am I on track there? Oh, you're totally on track. And I just, just had a client in the other day that was, is looking at you know, downsizing. They're at a point in life where they need to maybe move closer to their children and mm -hmm. downsize a little. And a lot of times I, I talk to clients 
about simplifying things. And they instantly think, oh, number of accounts and some of that. Yeah, totally. But I mean, it also goes for your stuff. Yeah. You know, that maybe keep the things that are most important to you, but boy, yeah, if there's some value in something or it can benefit somebody else, you know, sell it, donate it, you know, any of the above. Ask yeah, your kids point. if they want it. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, like probably 80% of them are going to say, mom and dad, no, not really. I got so much stuff of my own that I right. just don't need it. My, my parents wanted to give us their, their China set because it was, and it's beautiful. Trust me. It's beautiful. And I told them, I said, I'll take it on one condition. Understand we're going to use it every day. We're going to use it every day. It sat in a, it sat in a, in a hutch. My entire childhood, we, we would break it out like once a year, maybe for Thanksgiving, maybe if that we'd have it on Thanksgiving and it's just sat there. And I'm like, that's, I'm not, I'm not doing that in my life anymore. If I got something nice, I'm using it. We use those things every day and we haven't broken any yet. So that's good. But I'm telling you, that is so funny because uh, just at this last Christmas, we we did that exact thing. We pulled out the the nice silverware from the cupboard That's that right. comes out once a year. And my daughter says, "This is really nice stuff. How come we don't use it every day?" And I looked at my wife. Said, "I don't know. Probably because we'd have to put it in the dishwasher because you think we have to hand wash these." <laughs> you know, but your point is spot on. Use it. Enjoy it. Yeah, totally. Oh, boy, that's exciting. You know, one last comment on the inflation stuff. Inflation is exactly why we invest for the long term too. You know, because that's. Compliance doesn't like me to say proven. Historically, it seems to make sense and be successful that investing grows assets mm -hmm. faster than the rate of inflation. That's anyway, why you do what you do. There you go. Oh, number three. Is that where we're at? Yes. Yeah, number three. Um, people say that there's no way I'm going to live very long. Not that they have any specific doom and gloom knowledge in their head, but they just say, oh, you know, I doubt that I'm going to see age 80 or 90 or 100, whatever that is. Bottom line, if you don't know how long you're going to live, then you don't know how long you're going to live. You know, so I, I don't think this is a decision you make on that type of guess. Yeah. Well, I don't quote me on it, Corey, but I, I know that there was a survey taken not too long ago, and they've done a study on this, that most people, when they guess how, how long they're going to live, they short themselves. The vast majority of people short themselves by almost five years. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I just learned that about a month ago and it's, it makes sense because you look at your parents, you look at your grandparents. My grandfather had a heart transplant at 65. Doesn't mean I'm going to, could I? Sure. His body style and my body style are very similar. However, that man drank whiskey like he was a fish and he <laughs> didn't exercise at all. Now I'm kind of in the no exercise category, but I do a little bit. But that man, and he smoked like a chimney. So I don't do that either. So there's there's factors that we have to think about. And, right. and we get stuck thinking about our grandparents, our parents. Oh, they only live to this age. So I'm probably going to die around then. Most people short themselves by five years. Can you imagine running out of money five years early? That's so scary. Yeah. We, yeah, here at our office, we always look people in the eye and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to try and manage your, your cash flow and your investments and stuff to age 100. Because we think that's a pretty safe target for the vast majority of people. And they look at me and laugh and think they're crazy. But now, <laughs> just the other day, I read this study or, you know, I don't know where it came from, but it said, essentially, science is improving, healthcare is improving. They're saying people could, within a, a decade or two, start living to age 120. Gee, Merry Christmas. Oof. You know, that's a long, that's a long time to be in uh, retirement. So if that's <laughs> the case, my job's going to get a little tougher to, you know, to encourage people to save and stretch money that long. 
Well, okay. So you you always have your little flashbacks. I just got one. Can I share? That one, yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> so Forrest Gump, I love that freaking movie. And all I could think of when you said that people might be living to age 120 is is when uh, when he's you know talking about Captain Dan's got new legs. You got new legs. <laughs> I'm gonna need new legs. I'm telling you that right now. If I'm going 120, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to need some new legs within the next 20 years. And I, I, I'm hoping technology will give me some bionic suckers. <laughs> I'm just saying. If the $6 million man cost $6 million back in, what, the 70s? I mean. Let's talk about inflation. <laughs> man, that's crazy. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I took us off track. I'm going to have to call my mother. She seems to keep every toy that I ever had. I'm wondering if she still has. I think I had a, a bionic man. Yes. A $6 million man where you could look through the one eye and like see further or something. Really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I'll, I'll report back on that. Yeah, please do. <laughs> oh, there we go. Justifications. Oh, number four. I think we're at number four. Yes. And, and you kind of touched on this one. You know, this is one that where people say, you know, gee, maybe my body's breaking down or I'm, I'm tired of, of doing this uh, difficult work that I've done for a lot of years, you know, and, and I just can't work. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so I get that. But the trade-off, maybe society's changed a little. Maybe there's different types of careers or jobs. You can work at home. You can maybe try something different. You know, I don't know. It's a tight job market. So, you know, maybe there's there's different avenues, but I get it. That, that can be a reasonable reason for, you know, Hey, I got to have the money and I'm, I'm going to need it and take it. So. Yeah. I just, I just think that there's so many opportunities out there and for, for folks that haven't looked into it, I think they're calling it the gig economy really, right? Where, where people are just doing gigs. So there are so many different ways. Side hustles is another way to put it. There's so many different ways to get enjoyment out of maybe a hobby that you can turn into a little extra cash, just enough to take the sting off or, or maybe enough to be able to pack a little bit away. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're spot on, whether you're selling some things out of your, your basement or a side hustle or, you know, ride sharing these things where you can just drive your own car kind of on your own yeah. hand. I mean, man, I just get so fired up. You know, people that get negative on our country, you just got to sit back and look at some of these things and think, boy, that's a technology or an idea that's improved the way things were done for 80 years. Absolutely. You know? And that's exactly why this is the place you want to live, in my opinion, in this great world. Uh, and that's exactly why you want to invest. And, and the world is not going down the drain by any means. Yeah, that's a brilliant statement because you're, you're absolutely 100% spot on. Take a look around. It's it, not that bad. Yeah. And well, <laughs> now, compliance will like this. But yes, I am not here to give tax advice. But, you know, if you sell a board game out of your closet to somebody for $2 at a garage sale, I'm pretty sure that does not get taxed. Maybe so. it should. <laughs> but anyway, take that whole tangent wherever you want to take it, whatever. But If you're selling a thousand board games out of your closet, then maybe <laughs> you, you got to report something. But uh, nah, I think you're good. The next one, though, on my list, and this one just really kind of grinds my gears, as they say, you know, and, and this even brought me back to a previous episode. You know, we, we've joked about the fear of missing out, mm-hmm. FOMO versus the regret of missing out and all that good stuff. But this is the one where somebody comes to me and says, my friend says, or my coworker says, or so-and-so's brothers, relatives, paper boys, dad says, you know, again, Social Security claiming rules are so complicated. You can't just go off of what else somebody else says for their situation. Seriously. 
Yeah. <laughs> Peer pressure ended in high school, right? That's what we hope. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. <laughs> there you go. Hurry up. You know, so a lot of these I know we could dig deeper and deeper, but we're not here to take everybody's entire day or entire two-hour commute to work, whatever it is. But, if you got a two-hour commute to work, you couldn't spend it with a better person than Corey. I'm just, telling, I'm just gonna say that out loud because it's fun, man. Go. Oh, yeah. I could just maybe I should just need need a live feed, and you know, people could dial into that and just. Oh yeah, let's take a caller. Brilliance. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Now we're on to number six. Number six. And this is one you, you I think you touched on a really touched on a little bit earlier as well. And it's basically, hey. Darn it. It's my money and I want it, you know, and, and I get that. But, but to me, that really is kind of a not well thought out answer Mm -hmm. or or it is justifying something that at the end of the day, like we touched on, you know, if, if you can draw from your other investment accounts or maybe you have a side hustle or maybe you can sell some things or sell that second car that you don't ever drive anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's ways to supplement your income create some cash flow, you know, tighten the belt, maybe whatever it is, because social security benefits increase, essentially guaranteed year over year over year that you defer them. So another part of that is if if I read these studies and it says only 10% of people wait until age 70 to turn this stuff on, in my head, that tells me that maybe for a lot of people, that's the right thing that they should be doing because the masses are not doing it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, it's a good point. Very good point. Yeah, I, that's. I think we touched on it earlier. People's impatience, right? It's. It's. I just want to. Yeah. I want to get it done with. I want to get it done with now. And if you just have that no man, right? You, you take a no man to a car dealership, so you don't buy a car right off the bat, right off the right <laughs> off the dealership, which I've done. It's terrible. Um, you, you take somebody along with you on this journey to be able to say, well. It is your money. Absolutely. 100%. You've earned it. You worked hard for it. However, let's talk about how it could be more money for you, or let's talk about how it's going to impact your long-term goals. This is this is what you've talked about so many times is let, let's look at what the goals are in your life and see if your decision that you're trying to make right now today fits in with what we've talked about for the last 10 years. Right. And and you really hit it on the head and that just jumped out at me so much. Just the idea of maybe this stuff's just so complicated that people don't want to overthink it and they just want to be done with it. And so they just throw their hands up and they say, I'm going to go sign up and I'm done and I can forget about it. And maybe it is a bad decision. I know it's a bad decision, but whatever, I'm just done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, no, I think you're spot on. I think you do know you did. That's exactly it. And they need to have a conversation with somebody who knows the ins, the outs, the positives, the negatives, and who knows? They could come in and you could say, "Shoot, let's sign you up now, right? Let's let's yep. get you that money now. That that's great." Or if they just, you know, hey, if you wait X amount of months, X amount of years, because I think it doesn't it change every month. Every month you delay it increases, correct? Yeah, and it, that's a great point. You you don't have to wait until your birthday to make a change on this stuff. Yeah, so that's right. if you don't. If you defer at age 62, you know, any month thereafter, you can go in there and you're going to get a better essential payout per month than you would have got at 62. And, you know, some of these things we talked about, you know, I'm not going to live that long. Well, you know what? If you're not around, you're not around. And if you didn't collect very many Social Security checks, that's essentially one of the least 
of your problems. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? There is no more. <laughs> sometimes people overthink things, whether that's investing or social security. You know, you just got to, and, and we don't know. We don't have a crystal ball to know the exact outcome of every decision. But I do know if you think about things and you figure out what the worst case scenario is and you maybe adjust your thinking or your decision making to avoid that or to solve for that worst case the best you can, then you're making good decisions. Yeah. And you stay optimistic. I think that's maybe the next thing too. Yep. Yep. At the end of the day, you just got to seek people out for this stuff. And yeah, mm-hmm. if it's not me, talk to somebody. Yeah, somebody, but I'm going to suggest you. <laughs> that's just, that's, that's who I am. But he, so here's the thing is that if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know that I always ask Corey for his contact information. I mean, I know it, but I'm asking him to give it to you for a reason. Have the conversation. It's just a conversation. It's free. It's no pressure. You've, you've heard him on this podcast. Pretty good guy. Funny. Uh, and a lot of fun to be around. So just reach out, give him a call, shoot him an email, Corey, whatever way you want him to reach out to you, give it to him so they can start this process and have that person in their corner saying, Hey, look, let's just take another look at it. Absolutely. Happy to throw this out there. You know, like Eric said, give us a call. We're happy to visit with you. 800-657-4316. And just as one last parting shot, as Eric was giving me all those accolades, it just popped into my head that I'm easy to dance with and have a great personality as well. <laughs> right? Isn't that the old joke or the old saying? That's it. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not good at dancing, Corey. So you got to lead. Deal? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, then I'm going to close this show out. Corey, thank you so much for your time. And of course, our last thank you always goes to your listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the wind podcast with Corey Hymanson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Corey comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. We humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hymanson Wealth Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Win Podcast. What's important now? The show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.